give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. Yeah, baby. It's uh, September, and it's 105 degrees, and I don't care if there's background air conditioning noise or fan noise, because doggone it, we're melting. We are melting in Southern California right now. I'm I'm physically melting, um, and uh, I want you to know I'm here in the room with uh, with Andy, who uh, who's in a fall kind of fall colored tank top. And, uh, yep. I've, re- I've kind of reverted to summer attire for today. This yes. is, yep. This you had is to, it's going to be 105 degrees in, in the world headquarters. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I think clearly global warming is a myth. So, <laughs> um, and we're here today with Izzy Ray and it's I Z Z I and Izzy's going, uh, she's going a sleeveless star Wars, uh, tea. Yeah, which, it's full uh, on which summer today. It's full on summer today, so I like that. Izzy uh, just tried to get us to record half an hour later just so she could have more time to sleep. <laughs> Stop! I want you to know we're recording at 11. Stop! And she said, hey guys, could you do 11.30? And we were like, no, Izzy, we know exactly what you're doing. We we're, know what you're doing uh, right now, The cat's Izzy. out of the we're, bag. We're already six hours behind on posting this. So yes. It, it's Monday morning. Yes. Guys, I'm sorry. No, All you're right. not. No, I, we just know what your evil heart was asking for. <laughs> Center. So, um, so last Please. last uh, episode, we talked a bit about uh, this article, uh, dear church. Here's why people are leaving you, and we looked at uh, the first three reasons: your Sunday productions have worn thin. You speak a foreign language. Your vision can't see past your building. And we said, hey, what, uh, if you'd be willing to share a bit with us um, about your uh, your your struggles, if that is a struggle for you. And uh, we got some emails, some of which dealt with the lack of uh, authenticity, some of which dealt with the church's conflicting messages on sexuality, some of which dealt with the fact that the church spends more time reaching new people than uh, discipling the people that are already there. Mm. Um, mm. Some, some talked about how the church uh, of Jesus looks very little like Jesus. And, and I think we can all, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a lack of uh, problems um, or issues that we could point out, because the, the you know at some point the question has to become well what then why even do it why even yeah. participate in right. it? So I want to start by distinguishing when people leave the church. Here's what we mean, okay? In, in the scriptures, and we've talked about this. It's a collectivist mindset, right? It's a we're, we're we are for those who follow Jesus. The New Testament teaching is that you were rescued into a people group. You have a new, uh, a new family is a metaphor. A new household is a metaphor. A new citizenship is another metaphor. Uh, you, you're part of a new body, which is a metaphor. Uh, the idea is you are part of a collective now called the Church of Jesus. When we say we're leaving the church, you can't leave that one. That's the one you're saved into. You're, that's, that is the corporate identity you now have, regardless of whether or not you participate in the visible expression of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's like saying, you know, well, I'm in New York this week and my wife is in California, so we're not married. Distance has nothing to do with that, right? It's, a, it, it, it's, it, it's to use a big word, Izzy, an ontological reality you are baptized into the body of Jesus right. so that's that's so so what we're talking about is dear church here's why people are leaving you we're talking about the visible expressions um, and and the visible corporate expressions of Western American Christianity yes and those some of those things have been wearing thin but but there's no way to leave the other thing the the this this beautiful bride of Jesus is one of the one of the pictures that's used as well, right? So, so we're not just individuals who all have a discipleship relationship to Jesus. It's no, we're a collective that make up um, uh, the body of Christ on earth. All right, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Izzy. You're welcome. Izzy still Izzy still waking up. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. And and Andy last time pulled a picture of Izzy up that makes oh Izzy gosh. look like. Probably a forty-year-old yeah. mother of triplets. Whoa! Whereas Izzy in real life is twenty, and um, and uh, it could be a triplet. Um, <laughs> uh, 
It's, I am not a triplet. That's, uh, Would be quick to own triplets of cats. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. actually really that's, accurate. Yes. If we ever do a podcast on cats, Izzy will... Guys, I'm uh, here all day. Because... I'll be here at 9 a.m. Because if Izzy... So, so if Andy were an animal, he would be a golden retriever. <laughs> Big brown eyes. That's really good. He's faithful. A he's shed loving. everywhere. <laughs> you have lots of hair. Um, uh, you 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 slobber a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. I mean that's just something I've noticed. Um, Izzy Izzy would be a hairless cat. Why hairless? Oh, that's Izzy, so rude. Izzy. Well, it's I, the I, only kind of cat that I dislike. So. Oh, okay. What's, right, the, what's so the name he, of the cat from it, uh, Austin Powers? Oh, oh, I don't Mr. Even know. Bigglesworth. Yes. <laughs> Great. So, Mrs. Bigglesworth. So, because so, Izzy, Izzy's kind of got that sort of cat vibe. It's kind of like you know, I'm here, but I'm not really here. I'm subtly communicating that you're lucky to have me. You know, um, it's kind of a beautiful. I identify way more as like a chubby, very furry cat. Okay. Like that's kind of just I'm sleeping all day, sleeping in the sun. Yeah. All right, I like that. All right, and and if I were going to be an animal, uh, I'd be a walrus. There's, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any question, or a manatee. Or yeah. like a. I just kind of I a thought... sea, sea cow, oh. kind of a sea cow. I'd float around and. Take up large amounts of space. Thank you, oh, Andy. Um, so anyway, all right. So so back to kind of have a thing for manatees. By back the way. to you do. They're kind of the greatest animal they ever. They really are. are. They're very they're very cuddly. They're very gentle. They're so cute. They're, they're very, very cute. gentle, but they're very large. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like to think that describes me. Um, yes, personality yeah. wise. Yeah. Yeah. They bring a That's... lot of grace to the swamp. They, you know what? They love the swamp. Yeah. They're one of the things in the swamp that helps. If there's anything in Florida that's really attractive, that's it. Yes. Mm. Boy, that's true. And the buffets. Wow. <laughs> I love the buffets, man. You get in there. You get the key to a Florida buffet. Is, is, it's this. They change it over at 4 o'clock. So you get there at 3.45. You pay a lunch price. And they swap out to the dinner buffet. That's how that works, guys. Wow. That's, wow. That's, that's for free. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, there are two other reasons um that this article talks about here dear church here's why people are really leaving you right so and lots of fodder for discussion here um uh the he says number four so we covered the first three last time this is number four Mm -hmm. um dear church you choose lousy battles we know you like to fight church that's obvious um when you want to you can go to war with the best of them the problem is your battles are too darn small Fast food protests, hobby store outrage, and duck calling reality TV show campaigns may manufacture some urgency and Twitter activity on the inside for the already convinced, but they're paper tigers to people out here with bloody boots on the ground. Every day we see a world suffocated by poverty and racism and violence and bigotry and hunger, and in the face of that stuff, you get awfully frighteningly quiet. We wish you were as courageous in those fights because then we'd feel like coming alongside you. Then we'd feel like going to war with you. Church, we need you to stop being warmongers with the trivial and pacifists in the face of the terrible. Boom. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, I want to see if we're assimilating these words just because the article says peacemakers. Do we want to pacifist versus peacemaker? We're calling those the same thing. Oh, I thought it said pacifist right here. I got on the article I'm looking at it right now. It says peacemakers. Well, on the article the that I copied, mm. it says pacifists. Mm. That one sounds paraphrased. So on his side, there's a little more wordage to that. Well, why don't you sh- shut up? Number four. <laughs> um, the I I the one that the people have sent me is this one. Got it. So this is the one, Andy. Mm. To quit trying to take over. Oh, Andy, hey, I'm, hey, I'm, Andy, I'm just leveraging first you say strong journalism humanity. here by going to the source. No, I copied the source. <laughs> All right, well, Mizzy, what do you think okay. when you hear that? Um, I, I mean, I think Facebook is a terrible judge of like what's going on, but I have just <laughs> noticed that we've just been very argumentative. You're you're on Facebook, a millennial on Facebook. You know what? With with your parents and grandparents, that's uh, amazing. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, no, no. are great cat. There's great cat stuff. On, Honestly, on I see like a lot of yep. really weird videos. Like right, that. right. Yep. Anyway. Where, where are you going with that though? Yeah, um, I think it's we're just like super argumentative, and like when you're a very argumentative person, you take like little teeny things, and you're like, but this is a really big deal, and I don't know what the heart of this issue really is, but um, I think I've I've seen this play out in myself and like with other people that I know that are 
a similar age when the church really pours into like the youth and makes them like very passionate, really fired up, super intense. Um, they will just like they're willing to like die for these battles that the fight or that the church is fighting. And then when they go out into the real world, inevitably they are like, whoa, there's so many more things that I didn't know about. That happened to me when I moved out here. I was like, oh my gosh, there's there's a world. There's a whole world. <laughs> and I had no idea that there were so many issues. And it just kind of made me ignorant when I was like so focused on like in the, the little, bubble. Yeah. In the bubble. The bubble, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, in the in the youth group bubble. Oh man. In yeah. Montana. It, yeah. yeah. Which, which <laughs> you know. Yeah, seriously. Small. Yeah, seriously. What, now, Andy Bear, what do you hear when you hear that? Um, okay, so what I hear is that American consumerism has fed kind of a turnkey desire for very efficient forms of um, interactive justice and opinion. So what I mean by that is we've been very trained to pick and choose things very um, too quick and too effectively. We're not very good for process and we're not very good for things allowing to take time. So I feel like when a church often will pick up on something to fight, it feels like it's got to be something that can be solved quickly or make a strong stance about and like, you know, just kind of, but the problem with that stuff is it's in and out, you know, like we spin up some big social justice thing at our church for six months. And then once that thing's done, it's done. You know, maybe there's still some people kind of lingering out there that participated in a ministry or mission, but otherwise the attention to that thing is just moved on and the church just kind of keeps moving on and on and on and on. That just circulates back to whether it's beneficial and, you know, for what the church is trying to accomplish on a grand scale. Right. I totally agree with her. Um, we're, we're very used to, I mean, using something like Facebook as our aggregate for receiving information and like finding out what's news. Cause I don't, I don't, I have friends who look at really good news sources regularly. And then I have the majority of my friends who just pull from multiple news sources or shared news sources that come from their feed and all that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we get a very convoluted picture of what's actually happening in the world and to what effect. And so, um, I just read TMZ. Yeah. And I find that that helps me get a kingdom Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. on everything. Yeah. I mean, to the, to the entirety of the whole statement. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's like the, the, the church wants to go to bat, like with how politics kind of function. So they kind of, it seems like they step into a sphere of, um, of advocacy, but the follow through on that always just seems to me just so short. Like right. I rarely come across a church that's saying like, Hey, we've been like focused on something for 10 years and yeah. we haven't strayed from something else because it's a long haul process yeah. and we're okay with sticking with it and being patient and not being distracted by anything else you could pick up and just get fatigued on compassion. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think I think some of this is fed by an artificial distinction between uh, uh, something called evangelism and something called social justice. Mm-hmm. So so in, in very early in the 20th century, there were there were liberals and there were fundamentalists and they were going to war, baby, over the core of the gospel. And there became this term there 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 was this term called the social gospel, which became associated with lib- the liberal wing. Yeah. Of the church, and that was the church that was very much this world focused um, on education and um, on poverty and uh, on initiatives like that. And then you had the fundamentalist camp, which was really focused on the inerrancy of the Bible, um, the fundamentals of the faith, and saving souls. Mm-hmm. And and part of the Christianity we've inherited is that disjunct that that there is. Um, that this is the this is the Titanic, and why would you rearrange chairs on a sinking ship? Versus, um, hey guys, let's just go out and be good people. Um, and you know, if, if someone asks about Jesus, great. And so you have each side critiquing the other uh, by saying, well, no, I mean you've got to share Jesus to actually share Jesus. Or other people saying, listen, um, the Bible, the first thing the Bible tells us is to care about creation. And and the Old Testament is full of, and so is the New, full of admonitions to take care of poverty. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, I think the, the removal of that division to recognize that witness, the witness we're to have towards, uh, if we're a follower of Jesus, the witness we're to have about the reality of Jesus in us is both in word and in deed, and both are necessary. And that caring about bigotry and racism 
and uh, and uh, violence and poverty. Those aren't liberal issues. Those are very much God-centered, gospel-y issues. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the message of Jesus doesn't, never, 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 never in the gospels, it never was about what happened when you died. The message of Jesus was never, hey, believe in me and you will go to heaven. The message of Jesus was, hey, reconsider and reorient your entire life because the kingdom of God is now invading um, our current reality. And of course, there's an otherworldly thing that's out there, of course. But the kingdom was very much, and that's where Jesus would proclaim the good news about his message. And he would demonstrate it by healing people, by delivering people, by, um, uh, by, by, uh, by, um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a non-churchy way to talk about casting out demons. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I got nothing other than casting out demons. Um, so, so Jesus modeled both sides of that. And, uh, and I think part of the reason we pick lousy battles is because we still think caring about the environment, caring about poverty and wells and clean water and all of those sorts of things, that's just liberal stuff. And that's just absolutely not true. Not, not even remotely true. In fact, uh, James um, uh, has this great line in, in the letter attributed to him that just says, here's what true religion is. To, to take care of widows and orphans and to abstain from being polluted by this world. And, and Jesus is so, I mean, Jesus, is pe- particularly in the book of Luke, has so much to say about money and right use of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it, you, so, so part of the choosing lousy battles is we're still operating in an operating system that should never have existed in, in terms of the, it was splitting two things apart that were never meant to be split apart in the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? That, that true discipleship means we love neighbor. And what's labor, neighbor mean? We seek flourishing. Mm-hmm. And that means uh, education, and that means water, and that means um, that means medicine, and that means we are worried about racism, and that I mean all of those things. Make sense? Yeah, you guys yeah. agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do do we think, folks? Then I mean, to to which side is? I mean, I think I think I know what you'll say to this. So, because there's two like wrongful choosing, so to speak. Because like one one kind of like arch part of culture this day and age that's really active on social justice types of things. You also have what's called like lifestyle evangelism, right? Where right. people will kind of, well, I'll kind of live my life as best as I know how based on what I'm learning from the Bible, but I'm not going to necessarily be that forward on talking about Jesus and I'll kind of wait till people talk to me about it and hopefully my example will kind of shine through and then that conversation will come about organically and naturally. Right. And the other side is very much like the the overtly upfront truth bearing type of people that are like, well, truth, like if it's grace, grace is me telling the truth first and they need to know this is what's going to happen if they don't know. Right. And so it's like, to me, I I see that as very binary divides in our modern day. And it's kind of Mm -hmm. what rarely do I find what the middle looks like, you know, at least from a, a public kind of observation for what's out there to look at. Sure. Well, part of it is the fact that there is such a negative perception of Christianity and Christians that very rarely does talking first help alleviate that negative perception. <laughs> and so, so I'm sure there are times, right? I mean, I, there have been there have been instances, but but uh, where where leading with conversation does that. But like with the guys I go on uh, ride-alongs with. Um, Fullerton police. I mean, it, it wasn't until they, they saw me as somebody who was normal mm. or relatively that they were at all interested in my opinion on things. Yeah. Mm. Right. Sure. Yep. Um, and, 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 and I feel like the, the more, the more negative publicity that, uh, that some segments of Christianity receive, the, the, the more active we have to be to counter those perceptions. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. that's vocally, mm-hmm. For sure, but other times it's presenting the alternative in lifestyle. Okay, and, yeah. and I think that's very so. So you know, in a world that just uh, where families just sit on their phone, um, you know, we're a family that has dinner. In a in a world where neighbors you know don't ever know each other, we want to be a family that knows our neighbors mm-hmm. and yeah. and invests in them. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. like those sorts of things. Sure. Now, now th- there is a very clear uh, understanding that be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have of course absolutely yeah but that's not sharing a track anymore that's just sharing your story this is this mm-hmm. is what jesus has done this is who jesus is um and and not feeling the pressure like it used to be you know many years ago that it was your job to close the deal mm-hmm. i just don't 
deal closing, people are onto that. They hate that. I hate that. Yeah. Um, you know, so so I think that in response to this separation, part of what we've got to do is um, is be speak where speaking um, helps, and everywhere mm. else we work and we show, mm. um, and uh, we we show don't tell, and that's our posture. And and the reason our posture has to be that, as opposed to like Paul, where Paul can go and he can tell, because. People haven't heard of this new thing, right? So he can yeah. just lead with telling, right? And then show and yeah. show as he's telling, right? But mm. to some people, it's not that people haven't heard some of the message about Jesus. It's that they've heard it in such a way or or they've seen it in such a way that it violates the very message that they're told that they need to believe. Make sense? Yeah. And so they just go, no way. Yeah. So, so... So that's one section for me is the, the, the artificial disconnect between um, doing Jesus stuff and talking about uh, Jesus things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one is how we see our place in the world. So we have a hangover from being at the center of Western culture, right? And we, and we talk about that like, you know, the good old days, um, take, make America great again, um, uh, take back America for God, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, um, and, you know, we always say, well, w- when was America exactly Christian? When we owned slaves, when we were, ra- you know, when we were pillaging Native American lands, when, when exactly were we Christian? I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about that. Boston Tea Party, when we all, you know, wrecked a <laughs> ship full of goods from uh, Well, I'm glad that, I mean, right. hello, I'm glad, I'm glad we're here, right? <laughs> yeah. However we got here, but it, it's this idealized mode of like the Christian past just is so, is so whacked. Yeah. Um, and because of that, we fight to hang on to the vestiges of cultural influence. Yeah. So, man, you got to freaking say Merry Christmas because Happy <laughs> Holiday just represents the secularization of the church. You've got, I mean, I mean, talk about the Starbucks cups last Red year. Cups. Oh my I God. mean, you just talk about how idiotic, you know, I mean, you're just like, oh my goodness. And, and it's because we're not used to feeling cultural marginalization. We're used mm. to seeing ourselves as powerful players in culture. Mm. We're used to seeing ourselves as a voter block that needs to be catered to. And, uh, and I think for a whole new generation of us, we're, we're so unbelievably alienated by those dumb, dumb hangings on to cultural relevance that uh, we're completely put off. So I think he's on to something. Mm-hmm. Because I think for me, um, if, if you're going to fight... If you're gonna if you're gonna fight culture, how did Jesus fight culture? Well, first he critiqued his own. So he never went rampaging into the Roman temples. He cleansed the Jerusalem temple, right? His his place. Right. Second thing was he always embodied the alternative. Mm-hmm. He always critiqued by creating, and so um, and he would preach, but he was preaching against the the abuses of Judaism, not the abuses of Rome. Uh, which is so fascinating, yeah. so fascinating, and and so I, I just think there's, I think there is a welcoming that the church needs to embrace of marginalization. We do. Jesus has always done his best work on the work on the margins, mm-hmm. always on the margins. And 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 there is this. I just read a book called The Insanity of God, and it's by a missionary who failed as a missionary, and who decided that in response to his failure, he was going to go hear stories of the persecuted church around the world. And, uh, and so he tells these stories. Sometimes these stories happened 15 years ago, but he's waited to tell them so that nobody was implicated. And they are the most ridiculous, like straight out of the New Testament stories you have ever heard about the kind of stuff God is doing in places around the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then the question is, well, how come he doesn't do that here? Mm-hmm. Well, and the answer is very, very simple. We, 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 we've so ruled him out because we're not happy with weakness. We're, we're, we resist persecution. Mm-hmm. We resist. Our Christianity is designed to keep us from the very circumstances that God uses most to grow his people. Mm-hmm. Well, Boom. Whoa. So, so, so my healing isn't a matter of like my lack of faith. No, no. Although, although, although faith plays a part. Sure, it does. There's no uh-huh. question about that. Uh-huh. But the judgment that it's because of your lack of faith that you weren't healed is evil. Yeah. Um, so, so it's just, it's, it's back to the consumeristic thing that says um, that God exists for my fulfillment uh, and that following him should fulfill me rather than empty me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, so anyway, so, so the, it, 
I love it when the body of Jesus gets behind something, you know, so it's sex trafficking. Right. Um, and uh, international justice mission. And there's some really yeah. amazing things being done in the name of Jesus. But there's also this, uh, you know, this kind of symptom thing. So, like, uh, I worked at a church where we had um, we had a place for homeless people um, to come and get uh, supplies. And uh, and I started going out on ride-alongs with uh, police officers into into the community, and realizing that it was precisely because the church was handing things out um, that there existed this problem. Now, now the problem existed for bigger reasons than that, right? I mean, it's a massively complex problem. Right. But I, I talked to two 17-year-olds who had run away from home that were uh, on drugs, and they simply said, why would we ever go home? We get to do what we want, and there is a church every day that feeds us. Mm-hmm. And and I love that, and I'm thankful for that, and I'm so glad Um but, but then you realize that very often what would happen is the, the, the food or the vouchers or the whatever that would be handed out would then be sold uh, for drugs or manipulated or, I mean, it was this whole, like, it was this whole awakening that's captured in books like Toxic Charity mm-hmm. or When Helping Hurts. Mm-hmm. That the churches often, even when they step into this arena, they often, they often according to one of my buddies, uh, he said, very often social justice initiatives are um, existential drugs for rich people. Whoa. They help Whoa. us just feel better, like we're doing yeah, something. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and so when we tried to shut this, this handout thing down and, and or to move it to downtown um, and to reorient it around actually empowering the people who wanted to get out of homelessness, which isn't the majority. Right. The vast majority are just fine. Um, uh, we received massive amounts of conflict. And so it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting mindset. The battles being fought by some of the previous generations versus the battles that want to be fought by those Mm -hmm. using his line Mm -hmm. with bloody boots on the ground. Izzy, you get last comment. Oh man. I think, I don't know, not to just like keep saying the same thing, but this the separation between like the two like major things of like extremes, you know, on on each side. I think it just really, I think I'm kind of taking this back to like like a few minutes ago, but um, I do feel like people just want to see like authentic people talking about real things. Like, um, you know, when you're when you're talking about like sharing your faith or like just displaying that in your life, like. You just want to be real, and I think that that's right. That spills over into like the battles that you're fighting and these things that you're you're talking about and fighting for. You you want to care about them, and people people see that. Like if you're just fighting some battle that you don't even really care about, but you're like, oh yeah, this is a big deal right now or whatever. You want to like actually care and put time and effort into it. And I think everyone can can tell. Everyone can just see absolutely through those things, you know. And I think part of Izzy, I think that's dead right because. So often we're always inviting people to join our battles and we refuse to join theirs. Yeah. So when the LGBTQ community, you know, is is promoting the AIDS walk, let's say, or um, or, uh, you know, fair, uh, fair housing, anti-discrimination mm-hmm. laws or whatever. I mean, there, there's a sense in which um, I think Jesus people can can walk um, it with and and uh, in. Um, for those sorts of concerns, when when our African American brothers and sisters are feeling like totally marginalized by the police, by uh, the criminal justice system, you know whether or not you agree is irrelevant next to the willingness to stand out of compassion mm. um, with our brothers and our sisters. And, and, and the fact that, that we, we don't do that, people have to join us, we never join them. Um, because, because think about it. If, if what we're saying, because people will say this to me, well, I can't, I can't ever, um, I can't ever support Black Lives Matter because I don't agree with everything. But when we, when we invite people into the church, um, we, if that's the way we present it, that you have to agree with everything, mm-hmm. then nobody's ever allowed to be in process in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got to swallow the whole thing before you ever show up. Right. Where your orientation becomes to fulfill that and not to focus on Jesus because it becomes oriented towards like aligning with the stance of, of that church. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. So is I think that's really good mm-hmm. is the point.
Yeah. All right. So you kind of had the second to last word. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I had to well, mansplain. Fine. I had to mansplain that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Izzy, number five. Your love doesn't look like love. And Andy, I don't care what it says on your phone right now. This is <laughs> this. I'm reading this. Well, now I have it up on my computer. Okay. So All right. Now Izzy can see it too. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good. All right. <laughs> Um, love seems to be a pretty big deal to you, church, but we're not getting that when the rubber meets the road. In fact, more and more, your brand of love seems incredibly selective and decidedly narrow, filtering all the spiritual riffraff, which sadly includes far too many of us. It feels like a big bait and switch sucker deal, advertising a come as you are party, but letting us know once we're in the door that we can't really come as we are. we see a jesus in the bible who hung out with low lives and prostitutes and outcasts and love them right there but that doesn't seem to be your cup of tea church can you love us if we don't check all the doctrinal boxes and don't have our theology all figured out it doesn't seem so can you love us if we cuss and drink and get tattoos and god forbid vote democrat we're doubtful (laughs) can you love us if we're not sure how we define love marriage heaven and hell it sure doesn't feel that way from what we know about jesus we think he looks like love the unfortunate thing, you don't look much like him. Oh, man. Okay. Ooh. All right, Andy. What's your reaction? <laughs> All right, Izzy. Izzy. Yeah, Izzy can go first. I'll take this one. No, that's... Oh, man. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> I think... I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly why that is, but I just think that it's so much easier to not really, really love people like it's it's so much easier to to kind of pretend like you do or like to not fully mm-hmm. love them because it's dirty it's messy to really love people and um walk alongside them and i think it's so much easier when you aren't fully committed to those people when things go weird or you don't agree it's easier to just like move on and just be like well uh, i don't want to get into that too so, messy yeah yeah um it's so much harder to like stay committed and to like keep loving them and work things out with them and and be there through all of that mess but oh man that's that's a lot does this resonate does this resonate with you oh yeah i mean things things happen when you don't really love people like you treat people differently and like Mm -hmm. you just you see that so i've experienced things and and it's really opened my eyes to be like oh wow like you didn't really feel true like love for these people because you're hurting them and like that shouldn't happen if you're actually acting the way that jesus would act in that situation you know? mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's good so that you've seen all. you've seen the brunt of that yeah yeah firsthand oh yeah really yeah Ooh. <laughs> okay do you want to tell you want to tell the juicy details mm, okay not today okay all right, I like <laughs> i'll save that, that. <laughs> all right andy did that spur anything uh yeah um this is where I this is I, I wrestle with this one not because I don't think um it's not true I, I I can I can see what he's talking about my struggle with this is kind of kind of goes back into some of the other four points of how an organization teaches its what because for for example why do people keep wanting bigger churches like I mean from an independent point of view consumer point of view. If we stopped going to big churches, well, then big churches wouldn't keep thriving, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, what is our, what what is in our independent view of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians? Mm-hmm. Because if we're convinced that showing up every Sunday and doing whatever program we're presented is gospel, mm-hmm. then it's like, is that is that teaching barons on the church that's presenting that? Or is that on our own ignorance for not going farther with what we're actually looking at as what's supposed to be like the most sacred word in the world? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think there's responsibility on both ends of that, because if, if for the same reason, I think we said this on the last show, it's like you don't see the pastors of small churches that are in the grind with the 30 people that go to their church where mm-hmm. they are like solely into their lives. I mean, they would mm-hmm. tell you like, oh, I can tell you what love looks like, mm-hmm. you know, because this family over here, this family over here. I mean, this is what's happening. This is what we have to do on mm-hmm. this small church level. But the second you get to a large enough scale, well, all of a sudden now the pastors can't be involved, you know, because like, oh, well, I'm, I got to manage all this other big stuff. They become very CEOs and they're yeah. not like they're the managers on the lower level that are really dealing with people on the daily basis. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, to me, 
it's a systematic byproduct, but it's also so much on the responsibility of what we choose to actually engage with. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if I do think we would start to see a more loving type church, if we could actually see a more loving type church. I mean, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't jump on social media and find, you know, a hundred churches under the audience of 50 people located in California mm-hmm. to figure out how do I participate with like a real small church where it's like real small community mm-hmm. where we really get to kind of go deeper on that nitty gritty. Yeah. Now, churches could figure out how to better resemble what Jesus is, is taught us as far as what, how love is applied and how we're mm-hmm. supposed to engage with it. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. So that, that's where I would kind of bear the responsibility on, you know, topical teaching or teaching directed as self-help and, and kind of twisting all that stuff out. And then we absolutely lose the breadth of, I think, what Jesus was intending us to accomplish. Right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of, those are the, the thoughts I have when I kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, and I think, I'll take a crack at it too. I think the word love here is so misunderstood, right? Because the word love is so squishy. Yeah. It can mean, it can, it can be a substitute for tolerance, which is, Izzy, what you're getting at, a very low level like niceness, you know, where we just kind of keep to ourselves yeah. and we engage superficially. But if it gets really crazy, we're just kind of moving on to the next mm-hmm. sort of relationship and the mm-hmm. next sort of community. Yeah. And we just kind of skim. Right. Uh, through communal life together, um, love love can you know love can be used to describe my affection for Pearl Jam and ice cream, mm-hmm. or my affection for my wife and Jesus, right? Which those are two totally different things. And so so when we talk about love, um, the word agape is always used in Christian circles, and and that word refers to the self-sacrificial, self-giving. I'm committed to you without any expectation kind of return love that Jesus so clearly demonstrated. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's where, you know, you get Jesus wandering around saying like love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Do good uh. to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Uh pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek and we've talked about this, right? This is an honor and shame um thing. Do to others as you would have them do to you. No one takes this at all seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. I don't, it, it's, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Yeah. If you only yeah. love Republicans, if you only love straight people, if you only love white people, if you only love a conservative evangelical people, what credit is that to mm-hmm. you? Even sinners love those who love them. Right. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. So there he's talking about that there was a, a reciprocal culture uh, back in the day where you would only do good things to people that could pay you back and get you would have people indebted to you. And so when he's like, dude, just break that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. And you just go, man, what church looks like that? What mm-hmm. Jesus people look like that, yeah. right? I mean, oh my goodness. And that's where, because we pick lousy battles, um, we make enemies of people who aren't enemies, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if the, if you take seriously the teaching, our enemy is um, are the, pre- the powers and the principalities and not flesh and blood. So, so... So much of this just comes to straight. We just don't take this seriously, yeah. even remotely. Right. right. Even uh, just not like not even close to taking this seriously. So when it comes to Christians who uh, are gay, when it comes to Christians who are democratic, when it comes to Christians who, um, uh, you know, don't believe in the virgin birth or whatever it is, right? I mean, there are these massive disconnects between what we are supposed to do with those people because we think the goal of our Jesus following in evangelical circles is to be right. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal, right? Because what we've made, we've made following Jesus doctrinal. So I got to have the right doctrine. I've got to have the right view of the Trinity and Genesis one and Revelation and women in ministry and mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. What's the Bible really teach right. and blah blah blah. And when you make when you make rearranging mental furniture the point, then being right, having the right mental furniture becomes the goal. Jesus was so abundantly clear. So was Paul. Above all else, put on love. And what kind of love? Agape love. The self-sacrificial. The self, uh, the, the self-emptying kind of love 
that expects nothing back in return. Right, right. Yeah, like you, like the other day, you you, uh, you know painted that analogy of a burning house. You know, yes. and, and if you're, if, oh, yeah. if, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. may have been the greatest sermon point in history. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. no, we were talking about, really we, and it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday, but it was also at our meeting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, cause I was. That's what she heard. That's what I was talking about. So sorry. So yeah, the the analogy is did why did god send jesus mm-hmm. so was god angry and he needed someone to vent his cosmic wrath on so well here's my son <laughs> and and hey christians you're supposed to be happy that i took it out on my son that's supposed to make you love me um and and or because we're in this we're in this very slow pokey like phrase by phrase thing on john 3:16 or was it out of love mm-hmm. and the difference is this if my wife were trapped in a burning building as someone who is in a covenant love relationship with her, um, I would go without thought or hesitation into that burning building to see if I could help to mm-hmm. help rescue her. Right. Right. Um, and, and that would be true. It would also be true if she were in there because she were foolish. Um, hey, I, t- I warned you that building's dangerous. Hey, I warned you. Don't ever be in that thing. That thing's a tinderbox. Hey, I warned you. And you're just being dumb by going into that building. I'm not sitting there thinking those things when I see the building's on fire and she's in it, right? Right. I'm running it. Yeah. But if you take the, if you push the analogy one step further and let's say she were there and obviously this would never happen because I'm amazing. Um, but let's say she were there because she were interested in another guy, mm-hmm. right? And she was there to have an affair, Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, she gets trapped and the building's on fire. And I and I know that's why she's there. So it's not just foolishness, but it's actually like she's, she's cheating issue, on me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, would I still go in? Um, absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. that's what love does, right? That's that's what covenant love yeah. does. And and so I, I, I carry that as sort of the dominant image rather than an angry father who takes it out on his son so that other people don't have to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just am like, no, I think that sin is real. God is offended. Um, but he he's, he's grieved in the same way I would be grieved uh, that my wife had gone into the building um, to have an affair. Um, yeah, would there be anger? Of course, there'd be anger, mm-hmm. but it'd be a grieving anger, right. mm-hmm. and it wouldn't it wouldn't stop me from going into the building. Mm-hmm. So that so the analogy there is the, okay. If that's what love looks like, the 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 seeking of the be- to to benefit others at cost to oneself. If that's what love looks like, then this point is absolutely dead on, right? Mm-hmm. It does. We don't allow people to be in process. We just don't allow people to be in process. We have. We're very good in letting ourselves be in process, right? <laughs> so I'm working out my porn issue, and I'm working out my greed issue, and I'm working out my the fact that I'm attracted to a coworker issue. But man, somebody comes in, and they're in a different process, or they're in a slower process, or they're dealing with an issue that has been no problem for me. Man, that's when the judgment starts, right? And that's when mm-hmm. love, love becomes difficult because it's it's just easy to love those who love us and who mm-hmm. love those who are like us. And Jesus so clearly speaks against that. See, I think this is the root of all the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. If if we were, and and this is the this is why you get uh, a church that's been entertained but never discipled, because when Jesus when Jesus is presented as fulfillment of us rather than the emptying of us. Then what you get are folks who are in it as long as it's easy, right? And as long as it's and as long as it works, and it's as long as it's beneficial. But as I follow Jesus, and and I still, man, I'm tempted by all those things. There's this emptying that takes place that is eminently painful, and the relinquishing of our rights for the benefit of other people. And um, and so when you're criticized, to be silent. So when you're when you're insulted, to be kind in reply. I mean, oh my goodness! So imagine if Christians practice that on social media, right? That's all we did. We were just kind on social media. Mm-hmm. We were just kind. You know, we put up our "God loves you" like little Facebook post, and somebody flames us, and and then we just we just say, "Man, bless you." I, I hear what you're saying. We're just kind. Mm-hmm. You know, on Twitter, mm-hmm. we're just kind. We're to our neighbors. We're just kind. We're just known as kind people. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, but but that goes back to something we talked about very early in our podcast. We spend too much time judging others, and we don't judge the house 
our own house. Yeah. You know, because people are convinced other people are bigger sinners than they are, right? So mm-hmm. I'm the biggest sinner in this room, Andy. I'm sorry. You're close second. <laughs> but but clearly, no, I, I think this is it. I think this is the yeah. this is the big one. We almost should have read the list backwards. Huh. Right. Yeah. So, so when your love doesn't look like love, you choose lousy battles. Your building becomes impressive and you can't see past it. You speak in a foreign language because you're more worried about insiders. And your Sunday productions, it's become all about that. Right. Yeah. That unlocked the whole thing. Boom. <laughs> yeah, Mr. John. So write it backwards next time. Right? <laughs> no, but, but, but that's it. Yeah. That's why people... Well, it, it's interesting because you could almost read it as an emotional ramp, though, too, where it's kind yeah. of like starting with the stuff that's on the surface and working its way through it till you get to the core of the issue. And but then here's you the land, objection. You end up landing there. But then yeah. here's the objection, Andy. Hmm. All right. If you love people like this... Don't you just solidify them in their sin? Love people like what, though? Like like what Jesus is inviting us to do. Because mm-hmm. doesn't Jesus confront sin? Mm-hmm. Doesn't Jesus, doesn't Paul confront sin? Is it, I mean, aren't we supposed to care about holiness? And aren't we supposed to care about, like, upright behavior and righteousness mm-hmm. and all these big words? I mean, aren't mm-hmm. we supposed to care about those things? Yeah, we're supposed to care about those things. But I think it's, it's how we view those things are accomplished. I think that that's the difference. Oh, go. Oh, so because it's like, I mean, as you were talking about the whole concept of love, it's like what I'm imagining is like what you said to you, like to what value is it for you to just receive love for that for the person that's giving it to you? Mm -hmm. Um, You're not extending grace to someone who is loving you, you know, that's praising Mm -hmm. you. But rather when that is. If, if it's reoriented, and I, and I see this in the, in the greater picture of what Jesus calls us to do, right? I mean, absolutely, is there thankfulness and praise for what Jesus has done for us personally? But Jesus calls us to take the love we've received and, and put it back out into the world and serve the world. It's like, to me, if I spent all my time just focusing on giving my love to Jesus and nothing else, I feel like Jesus would be like, I have all the love that I need. But there's so many more out there that don't have it. So or, go and so or, go and give it, so I can fill you, so you can keep going and giving. Or he would say, "The way you love me is right. by loving your neighbor." Right, right, exactly. And that, that's what I'm, the disjunction of the how. That's, that's right. where it falls. Mm-hmm. That's to me where it falls apart. And I think you know, yeah, sure. The criticism is we have so many folks in churches that absolutely love Jesus, and it, they can't see past loving anything else. Oh, and yeah. like, and in how that's done. The love of neighbor is lost. The love of the enemy is lost. The love for like poverty is lost. The love for the marginalized is lost. And because all of, if they can't take those categories and place them in Jesus, they don't know how to love it. Yeah. And so it's rather than Jesus saying like, I am on the backside of that effort. Yep. Go and love poverty and you will find me. Right. You know, go and love those on the marginalized right. and you will find me. That's I mean, right. that's the picture he's constantly painting. Wow. So it's a complete reorientation of, of the direction that love is actually placed. You have justified your non-paycheck. Like just <laughs> that right there. There you go. Yes. That's so good. That's really is, good. Yeah. Is what do you have to add? No, I mean, that I, I can't even add on to that i'm i'm, I'm still like <laughs> chewing everything that you were saying i i need to just Ooh. marinate in that chewy goodness from andy bear <laughs> yeah the fandies the fandies it's are a gummy all... it's a gummy bear it is yeah uh, a gummy, <laughs> gummy andy bear it's a gandy bear yes <laughs> yes yeah it is it is so so interesting um how all of this works itself out because the you know the big critique is um you know if you love people this way um, you're not confronting them. You're not confronting them in their sin. You're letting people just kind of live how they want. And and I and and, and yes, there is this. There is very clearly in the New Testament a telos, an end. Um, when I when I parent my kids, I'm loving them towards something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that something is maturity. And and certainly Jesus loves us towards maturity. Well, what's maturity? Well, it's Jesus likeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, but how do you get people there? Do you get it by criticizing them? Do you get it by nagging them? Do you get it by having them participate in programs? How how do you, how do you, what transforms people? Well, for sure, suffering transforms people always. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suffering transforms people. I think, I think engaging in ancient spiritual practices um, opens us up to uh, transformation in ways Mm -hmm. too. But I think one of the least neglected um, 
transformative and most beautiful acts of transformation is is this self-sacrificial love practiced on those who aren't like us and and, mm. and here's what i mean when my enemy does something uh that is completely unexpected right and beautiful i mean that opens me up in ways i could never have been opened up otherwise right if we're just debating and all, all we're doing is kind of getting heated but but when someone lowers themselves to apologize first when someone humbles themselves to not have to be right when someone lets the other have the last word even though you could crush them i mean those sorts of things like displaying this self costly love um, I think is absolutely transformative for folks. And I think mm. when people live in those sorts of environments, because they're so rare, they they are opened up in ways they wouldn't be otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so, so I see one of the major tasks of the church in 21st century America to be putting on display this kind of love. And, and, and let's be clear. Yes, we have agendas. All right. Yes. <laughs> that agenda is to love like Jesus loves. And the way Jesus loved, he was quite clear that not every way was a Jesus way mm -hmm. and that not every way of living was a Jesus way of living. Yes, granted. Mm -hmm. But how did he confront people? He confronted them out of this costly agape love and fellowship, eating mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. um, taking hits to his reputation in order to be with them. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture. Mm. So, so my response to people who say, uh, yeah, don't we have to confront people in their sin? Uh, is to say, well, first, if we're going to confront people in their sin, let's talk about yours first. All right. Let's just, if we're going to go confronting sin, let's talk about yours. All right. And let's talk about mine. And then we'll talk about someone else's. But then it's, secondly, what's the best way to confront sin? Is it, is, it, is it by opening Bible passages to people who don't understand the Bible? Is it by standing on a street corner and confronting people with the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. um, and trying to convince them they're sinners? Yeah. Or... Um, is it by displaying costly kind of agape love mm -hmm. um, in recognition that that sort of love opens people up right. to things that they wouldn't be open to otherwise? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it's just even just the, the value of that word is just coming through so clearly right now. The thought of like lost, love costs something when you're giving it to something that doesn't deserve it. Like if it lost love costs nothing to just give it back to someone who's giving it back to you. Correct. You know, it's like it, it becomes it loses its value in that. But when you because it's not love. Yeah, yeah. And but it's when when you give it out where you're not going to necessarily get return. That's right. And you're not going to be able to like know its value because the value is going to be on the beholder, not you. That's right. All of a sudden, its value is increased based on how it's received. I mean, yep. it's just it's yep. such a different. It is. There's because there's there's the love that recognizes worth and the love that bestows it. So like um, the love that recognizes worth is the love that we're all familiar with, right? That's the love of dating. It's the, man, I really like you. Why? We have a lot in common. Yeah. Or, or you know, you're just so beautiful. Or, you know, you have a great personality and you make me feel great and I feel alive. And mm -hmm. that's the love that recognizes worthiness in something mm -hmm. else. The love that bestows worthiness is the love of God. And the best analogy I have for it is um, my sweet brother who will hear this in Sacramento. <laughs> used to have this pillow and this was i don't know if you remember it brad it was the rattiest yellow pillow and 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 it was just it was awful it was just awful and it was just you couldn't at one point we had to stop washing it because it, it was so frayed and so thin and if you lost it we would have to turn the car around i mean it was just ridiculous was there anything noble and worthy in that pillow no it was my brother's love for that pillow. And this is like two years ago, by the way. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, and it was my brother's love for the pillow that made the pillow so worthy, right? Yeah. It wasn't because of some beauty in the pillow. Right. Or we all recognize the love of pillows. Right. So I got to get on board. I'm like, no, no, I, I get it. I love pillows so much. I'm with you. Let's go get that pillow. Yes. Yes. I don't even use a pillow. Um, I don't. Yes. I know. Seriously. So... Um, so, so the love of, of God in Christ is exactly that kind of love that, that God gives rain and sun to the wicked and to the righteous. God loves mm -hmm. the, the unkind and the unthankful just as much as he loves the kind and the thankful. Mm -hmm. um, it's indiscriminate. Yeah. And it's a love that bestows value. And that's exactly right, Andy. Your agape love isn't agape love until it costs. 
right? Because it's bestowing worth, it's not recognizing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so uh, when, I'm, when I'm sitting looking at a homeless person and my head becomes full of whatever judgments there could be or cultural narratives they could be, well, they need to get a job or they're on drugs or they're, it's their fault or whatever it is. The, the, the agape love side comes along and says, no, no, this is an image bearer. This is someone for whom Jesus died. This is someone who was some someone's sons and da- son and daughter or daughter, right? This is this is this is individual has worth because of God's love for them, um, and and I'm to all I'm to do is to recognize the worthiness that God's bestowed on them, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not their own worthiness, but it's the worthiness that God has given them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that difference. Right. So it doesn't matter if they smell. It doesn't matter if they're good looking. It doesn't matter if they're heavy or thin or whatever. All I'm doing is recognizing that they've been bestowed worth because of the the core of what the scriptures teach about what God is like. Mm-hmm. God is the God that enters the burning building. Right. I mean, to start with, like, for God so loved the world. Come I mean, on. that's just a massive declaration that like, God does love the world. He does. You know, and it's a matter of then us to see that in a way that calls us into interjecting with it. It's yeah. All right. So so we're going to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was this one? 55. Oh, my God. I always worry. I'm like, I'm always, I always worry, like, what are we going to talk about? No problem. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Izzy, you're going to join us for number three, if that's okay. Whoa. And here's what I want to do. Here, I want to do, despite all of that, why we are still unbelievably committed to the mm. visible forms of Jesus following. That's what I'm interested in. Because mm-hmm. we've all been, we've all hurt and been hurt. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we agree with a lot of what's being said. Yep. And yet, why are, are we still like hopelessly still here? here? Yeah, and and love it, and and uh, and wrestle with it, and so that's the conversation I want to have next. Great, yay! So I want to have the church. Here's why people are staying mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, so um, as always, we're so grateful for feedback. We're so grateful when you share your stories with us and where you're listening from. I mean, that that's absolutely amazing when we hear where you're listening from. It's just ridiculous. Um, we love the fact that. Uh, Many of you are asking great questions and sharing your stories. And and so thank you. Thank you for the great privilege of being part of your life. We have two podcasts, as you know. One mm-hmm. that's the Little Church one. If you, if you uh, what, what do you do now? What is it? Vox? Vox Community, Community Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. I always forget <laughs> it. Um, and so there's that one, which is the Bible-y kind of thing. Right, right. And then there's this one. Right. And then we're, we're dreaming up a third one that mm-hmm. we'll, we'll share more more about this one is just uh it's just andy bear alone um talking to himself in a small room and um and just his mutterings it'll be it'll be glorious oh if someone could only pay me to do that yes 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 um so so anyway we're incredibly privileged as always Mm -hmm. all right anything Uh, you want to add yep over uh the next couple weeks we're transitioning uh, the podcast, um, it will be over at voxpodcast.com. You'll actually be able to get to both um, the podcasts that we have currently, and then in addition to the third one that will launch, um, you could uh, email us at hello at voxpodcast.com, which, to hello. my apologies, last week wasn't working for the first few days after it's it came me. out. I, I made a, a critical technical mistake, and that Ooh. was on my part. So yep. if you wrote us and it Not didn't go through time. or bounce Not back, do it again. Time. Hello, it's working. Hello. Um, yep, but that's it. So, hello. It's me. Subversive Kingdom is going away. Yes, it is. We're Thankfully. saying ta to that. Thankfully. So, and um, big pictures of me. Right, right. Which are the only kind there are. Right. And if everything <laughs> works properly, if you subscribe on iTunes, there shouldn't be any hiccups. It'll just it'll just change over. So Let us know if you there. have any trouble. Yeah, so we moved know. to SoundCloud. And so it's voxpodcast.com instead right. of subversivekingdom.com. Mm-hmm. But the better idea is just to subscribe so you don't even have to mess with it. Yeah. Correct? That's great. Yeah, okay. that's fine. All right. Now, Izzy... Uh, a couple of people have asked, hey, how do we listen to Izzy Ray songs? Oh, and um, Izzy, can we, hey, can we use some of Izzy's music for uh, intro and outro? Yes. Well, at some point. Maybe we would not have today. to ask for her yeah. professional opinion. I, I would have to her, like, give permission. Her licensing. Ooh. Right. Ooh. licensing. Ooh. Might require some paperwork and some. Yeah. Um, some, some notaries. Right. We might, a few things might have to fall off the back of the truck for her. Okay. In oh order to make you know what, happen. guys? I'll just put it out there right now. You can use it. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Verbal. Confirmation. Nice. All right. Save it. Save it. Save, at at 12.07 p.m. <laughs> on Monday, September 26th oh, in the Vox World headquarters, 102 degrees. Yep. Um, Izzy Ray has given us permission, but we want you to check uh, her music out at IzzyRay.com, I-Z-Z-I, and R-A- 
Why? Why? So, uh, so we we love having her as a, a resident artist and a millennial because uh, we love those millennials. <laughs> oh man, we're the best. They'll be support. They'll be taking care of us when we're old. So we better we're be the nice. Best. We'd better so millennial. Oh, I know. Yes, yes, I know, I know. guys. All right. So, um, brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you and may he give you peace in these days. Again, thank you for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Geary podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Geary. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Geary for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit SubversiveKingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.